Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamant. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I am feeling ripe for discovering artists. Because today, Russ, we have been brought together with three incredible emerging talents, emerging artists by Bombay Sapphire, who have introduced us to them. Yeah, they have. Bombay Bombay Bramble Gin, to be specific, is someone that I've been working with recently. And what we've done is we've curated the new Bombay Bramble Gin bottles with three really exciting, creative, talented artists who are, as you said, ripe for discovery, which is a bit of a, a pun on the Bombay Bramble Gin because it's all botanical. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking to these artists today, which are really exciting. Uh, three UK-based artists uh, and the first... Up person who we'd like to welcome to Talk Art is Charlotte, Charlotte McDonald. Hi, welcome, guys. Charlotte. Thank Hi. you. Thanks so much for having me on. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Of course, of course. So, Charlotte, where do we find you? You find me in a very rainy, drizzly London today. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm just finished a day in the studio, so um, this is actually a really nice thing to do in the evening. And for those who haven't seen your work before, you're really inspired by nature and landscape, which is kind of perfect for this collaboration with Bombay because obviously, you know, they, they make gin and the Bramble Gym in particular. So can you talk a bit about what you've been making today in your studio? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, nature is huge, takes a huge role in my work. So for today, for example, I was doing some new works on paper um, and playing around with some imagery that I have from a recent trip that I went on. So just playing around with colour and experimenting with landscape. And, you know, I, I tend to work on many things at once. So I'm quite a quick worker. So I'll normally be doing some things on paper, finishing a painting, and then kind of go back to something else. So it's quite a fluid process for me. Do you have specific places you go to to capture landscapes? Do you have like areas you, you know, are like your foul safe, like I know I'm going to get a really good mm. scene here that I can get inspired by? I mean, I think I think I do. I mean, my home is in Scotland and where I came from and I think there's always places there that just constantly come back in my memory or um you know places I love where I come from is just on the east coast of Scotland and the views there out to the ocean are beautiful um similarly some of the kind of more hilly landscapes are just gorgeous so with all that Mm -hmm. kind of rustic heather growing and quite brutal landscapes it's that's kind of stuck within me so even when I'm looking at another landscape and I'm depicting something on paper I'm sure that's always coming through all the time yes we, we met before before like obviously we're doing the the bombay collaboration but we actually met at um terp studio which is a a program which is has 12 artists a year and it's based in london it's supporting artists and giving them a studio for a year right yeah it's exactly that it's a really fantastic program set up by one of the ybas marcus harvey um mm. and his amazing team and they offer um these amazing opportunities to work specifically for painters um, initially but there's there's people doing other things there but it's a really nice program that you can kind of make your own you can have the studio for a year two years and they do incredible um, schemes for tutoring mentoring and it was just such a wonderful opportunity for me and worked so well amazing that's so cool and you've been partnering with Bombay recently to make a limited edition artwork for the bottle. And I know Russell helped curate it. Can you speak a bit about that project and, and how you chose the work that ended up on the label? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was it was a really exciting opportunity to be asked to do. I've never done anything with packaging as such. And um, it was just wonderful to kind of think about your work in a different way. So my inspiration just started researching into how the gin was made, um, the particular colours within the brown ball gin as well. Um, and as Russell mentioned before, they've got a really natural way of processing the gin at their amazing processing plant just um, near ha- um, Hampshire, I think it is. And I was trying to think about the kind of organic process that they do, distilling everything. And as well, there's an amazing range of cocktails that they um, showcase with the um, gin. And there was just really beautiful colours that came shining through with that. So the kind of piercing brambly colours and raspberry as well with the the yellow of the lemon. And it's it was in kind of playing around with these these colours was really fun because it's a different palette to what I normally use. Um, but keeping my style on top of that, um, mm-hmm. I just started playing around with placement of colour, thinking about how the ice stacks up with, you know, the drink and all the kind of formation of the drink itself. Um, so, yeah, it was really play- playful. And colour's something that's really important to you, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's Colour's huge. I mean, it's... It's the collection of colours as well. It's something I'm interested in. And I've always looked at um, colour in in different ways, you know, from, you know, even something like a Morandi painting where he's kind of piling up these pastel colours or, you know, Matisse with his kind of paper cuttings. You know, the way that they kind of place colour is always been so inspiring to me um, mm. and I love that process too even before kind of finding my composition I love playing with the color first to just see how it's going to match and sit together because that mm-hmm. if you hit the sweet point that's that's where these kind of amazing pieces kind of happen are they big inspirations for you Mirandi and Matisse yeah absolutely yeah who else do you look at lots and lots of different people so from Peter Doig right oh, to yeah. say Michael Andrews um, to a Rothko, uh, Richard Devercorn, you know, people yeah, like yeah. this. Amazing. So serious, like a lot of abstract art there, um, but then, you know, some more literal stuff, um, but some real heroes for colour there. I was thinking a lot about Etel Adnan's work when I saw your work. And yes. She's an yes. artist that I discovered in, in the Lebanon, in, um, in, in Beirut. And I, I, I think that you've got a sensitivity to the way that you present colour in your work, which is actually quite a, a British thing because it's obviously coming from British landscapes. But with her work, it really captures, you know, Beirut and, and that whole kind of colours that come from that location. Yeah, that, I mean, I've seen those works before. They're absolutely beautiful, truly inspiring as well. What does it feel like now then to have your artwork on a bottle of Bombay Bramble Gin? Uh, it's really surreal. It's actually sitting quite close to me right now. I can see it. Oh, wow. It feels like such an uh, amazing experience. And the more I sit with it and look at it, it's. It, I'm really pleased with the outcome. It's um, It works so well. So it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. And you guys filmed a video together the other day in, in London, I think. And obviously you had a bit of social distancing, but it looked like you all yeah. got on really, really well. And soon in, at Selfridges, you're going to have this incredible installation there, I think. Is that right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, we had a really fun day. It was just really nice to finally meet the other artists and spend more time with Russell as well and just get to Mm. discuss the project a bit more and share each other's stories and share the artwork a lot more and see each other's artwork in the flesh too. So it was an absolutely magical day. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What's next for Charlotte McDonald? Well, um, 
in lots of other kind of small projects in the pipeline and lots of commissions as well. So I just will be keeping painting lots and lots. Amazing. Well, we ask every guest that comes on two very important questions. The first one is, if you could do an art heist, an imaginary art heist, you could have any work of art in the world to yourself, what would it be and why? Oof, it's got to be a Rothko for me. Um, I don't know if I could choose choose which one (laughs) because I love them all dearly. Um, Do you remember the first time you saw one? Yes, I think I do. Um, It was in a gallery in New York. I can't remember which one. Um, I was quite young. Well, I was thinking about 1920 um, and I was just blown away. The the reason why would be the colours. They just evoke such emotion for me. I could stare at them for hours and the depth that he creates and it's it's extraordinary. Amazing. Do you have any posters up in your studio? I have a lot of postcards, classic postcard collector. <laughs> so lots of <laughs> Really? Um, That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love going to exhibitions. I always still buy a classic postcard from the uh the gift shop on my way out. I so do I have that a lot well. of those. I love it. It's um yeah. I have the intention of posting them to someone, but I end up just hoarding them all. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really nice way to collect, though, actually, like framing up postcards and buying them because it's such an accessible yeah. sort of price point as well, obviously. And I actually like <laughs> yeah. the scale of them. I think there's something really intense about when they become smaller scale. Like, I really like yeah. them. Yeah. The I other question we ask every guest is going to be perfect for you, uh, considering your work, but what is your favourite colour? I have been really taken with these kind of, crimsony pinks um over the past few, few years and the adaptability of it um I used mm. to kind of shy away from bright colors and stick with quite classic landscape colors of your muddy browns and greens and ochres um and I really enjoy being a bit more bold and you know a kind of crimsony pink or a blush pink you can you can be quite um suggestive with these kind of colors yeah they have a kind of aura to them or something Mm. yeah well thank you Charlotte it's been so lovely to talk to you today congratulations (laughs) on the bottle it's so exciting well thank you so much for involving me I've absolutely loved the whole process from start to finish and feel very proud of our lovely collection it's going to be so cool once they're actually on display at Selfridges and people can pick their favourite design out of the three different bottles I'm sure yours Mm. will be very popular all three all three you can yeah you could buy all three couldn't you that would be very merry you could have a get the whole (laughs) collection responsibly though yeah get your name on on there (laughs) oh yeah I heard that so you're going to be able to personalise your name on the bottle yeah Yeah, absolutely like is that the person so the person buying it can do that yeah you can have your gran on there you can have Anyone on there? Your, your dog, yeah. Your dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a tote <laughs> bag. So, cool so what it. they've done with the labels is they've zoomed in on certain sections um, that the artists worked with uh, Bombay Sapphire with um, to uh, to get, like for the label. But then there's a tote bag has the actual full artwork on the on the tote bag. That's right, isn't it, Charlotte? Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, so you can have the the bag to take it away home in, and it's got the full print. So you're kind of getting a double whammy. That's really cool. And also, I think, I think there's a charity donation from the first um, sale. So I think the first sales of like 3,000 bottles, there's going to be a charity donation of £2 per bottle, which is going to be great because it goes oh, towards um, oh, awesome. supporting the Artist Benevolent Fund, which is a charity yes. that gives funding to art graduates, giving them a leg up for the next generation of artists, which is something we care a lot about at Talk Art because Absolutely. without artists, there is no Talk Art. <laughs> um, 
Well, thank you so much. It's been so thanks, fun Charlotte. to talk to you. And see hopefully Charlotte. I get to thanks, see you sometime. Guys. Okay, right. thanks, Charlotte. Bye. 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 And our second artist is an amazing painter who is based in London. Often um, elements of childhood, kind of like figurative characters, um, appear in the work. And they look very contemporary to me, but they also have this incredibly skilled kind of classical technique, which, which you know, makes me think of kind of the history of painting, which is also mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. And you guys met, didn't you, the other day, Russ? We've met. We met when we did the filming for the label for... Bramble Gin. Uh, that was very exciting. We had a good old so we had much. a good old chat. Yeah, and we talked about this artist process, which has been uh, amazing and exciting. And uh, he is definitely ripe for discovery. So we would like to oh, yeah. welcome to Talk Art, Alfie Kungu. Hey guys, how are you, Alfie? Hey, how are you? Yes, all good, all good. Yeah, how are you? How are you both? Well, we're doing good. Have you, yeah, had, a, have really you had a good, good. day? Have you had, have you had a, have you been working today and staying it's a, creative? It's a busy day, but um, thankful it's the evening now. Um, so I just had my dinner and sort of yeah, unwinding. What did you have for dinner? What, well, what was your dinner? Uh, anchovies and spaghetti. It was delicious, actually. Whoa. Ooh. What? Did you cook? Yeah, I'm not going to show off. that sounds like perfect winter food you know Alfie I was actually a a bit familiar with your work before because you showed in London at the Cobb Gallery and also Mm, at the ICA Um, so you've been getting out there and exhibiting quite a lot haven't you Um, and Mm. when you made this work with with Bombay was that kind of a new challenge because it's kind of exhibiting your work but in a very different context like on the bottle yeah like it wasn't too, diffi- too difficult. I just approached it the same way I'd approach making any piece of work. But I guess the context of it came out a lot differently because it was coming out on a bottle and it was going to become an actual physical product. So yeah. it didn't really change the way I approached initially making the work, but I really love the way it sort of turned out in the end. It's sort of like an alternative way of it being exhibited, I guess. Is it being a product? Yeah, totally. But to thousands of people. <laughs> How did you get into art? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I've always been into art, really, just from drawing away since I was a kid. But I think, really, when I realised that I was actually into it and needed to pursue it and sort of nurture it to something to develop, I was at uni towards uh, mm. the end of third year is when mm. I was really having some like good one-on-ones with my tutor and finding mm. a lot more out about my sort of well, beginning to take it seriously from that point, I guess. That was in Yorkshire where you grew up, right? Yeah, I grew up in West Yorkshire in a lovely small town called Hebden Bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know of well, it, it's lovely. No, I've heard of it. I've not been there. I'm desperate to go there. Yeah, you should check it out, actually. It's where Happy Valley was filmed. And set. Oh, my God. Oh, I love right. Happy Valley. Yeah. Sarah yeah. Lancashire, I, I, Sarah so Lancashire I think, is literally the one of the best actresses um, in the world. Absolutely, absolutely, it's so good. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm from. Is there is there like an art scene in Hebden Bridge or around like Yorkshire that you kind of were able to go and visit when you were in impressionable um, years? Well, actually, it's a really, really um, sort of creative, quite alternative thinking place, um, and it has been for quite a few years. It had quite a strong like hippie community in the early 90s, like late 80s, early 90s. Oh, wow. Um, 
which was a little bit unusual for for that area at the time. And I think mm-hmm. that really sort of um, embedded into a lot of the young people of my generation growing up. So it wasn't specifically like a hub with things going on, but you grew up with it being familiar within my household and with other people's households too. So yeah, it's always wow. been a good place. And like yeah, creative. Because your dad was a painter, wasn't he? Growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's. All, I think every single day you couldn't take him away from making some work. He's really, really skilled at what he does. Actually, he's always, always give him a call and say, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just doing a tree carving, or I'm just making my own uh, varnish, or something like that." He's, he's one of the <laughs> mad artists out there for sure. Is your work similar? Is my work similar? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, to some degree, obviously, I'd like they, it doesn't probably doesn't look the same in the end. But I think when people look back at it, they can easily draw the comparisons just because of mm. our like influences to do with nature, um, and just our outlook on the world. I suppose is relatively similar. But for a while, I didn't actually acknowledge that. <laughs> I kind of tried to deny that. But um, yeah, it is. And you've got a real kind of like cartoon element in the work, kind of like popular culture references almost. Um, was that something that you deliberately were drawn towards from the beginning or is it something that, that grew over time? Yeah, I think that um, that was always there. That was always there from being mm. a, like a young lad. It's just, you know, drawing drawing characters from Spider-Man or whatever. I was watching at the time would always just be like my interest and what I'd enjoy doing, you know, like how you, it's like what you go to draw when you doodle sort of thing. And I just think oh, yeah. I never stopped doodling really and ended up finding <laughs> finding its way into my artwork. So like That's if so I was cool. going to try and do a large painting or an abstract painting, somehow I'd notice I've managed to draw a little character or put a face on something. I sort of can't help myself with that. The use of colour and the balance of colour and within your paintings is... That, that relationship is really important to you compositionally, mm. but also just aesthetically. Yeah, definitely. It is. I think it's basically like the main driving force for, for what, how I begin to make work is just like start with the most sort of appealing, alluring colour and go from there. It usually sort of motivates you to, motivates me to, okay, that bit works. Add a little bit of, this next colour and it sort of grows from there. It's sort of semi-unconscious, but always starting with real bold, bright colour. Those relationships between things help the painting grow. What does a mistake look like to you? Do you do you know when you've, uh, like, you like, <laughs> like you're saying, you like one section of the painting, you're like, let's go from there. Do you ever feel like, ah, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Or are you quite, like, oh, yeah. um, instinctive and can and work with them? I think... That's, that's almost like a description of the whole process really is like you start with a pit you start somewhere you make a mark for example and you keep adding all the positive bits and then if something's wrong you cover that up with something that works and then if that offsets it you add another bit that balances it out so eventually you try and create a piece that is full of loads of good parts although a mistake there are often pieces that I think I can't look at again and have to put away for a long time but usually <laughs> I just try and work over the mistake by adding in something that worked like an aspect of the painting that worked before so it's quite a fun process nice. in that respect 
And what kind of artists were you looking to? Because when I first saw your work, I was thinking a lot actually about a few guests we've had on Talk Up before, like Joyce Pensato, who did amazing kind of cartoon elements in her work. And then more recent younger artists like Anna Benaroya. And then also like uh, kind of people like Peter Saul, who just had a huge show at the New Museum mm. in New York. Mm. Um, but were they kind of, were those artists people you were looking to or was it completely closer to home or? I think it, it's like over the years, you, I get influences from all over. Like, so like the artists you mentioned always come into it, but often I get my influences from things that I've seen from cartoons that you say, but there are painters that I've, that I really love. One of the main ones is Antoine Horphy, who's a French painter okay. who um, is a is a French artist who initially began um, from sort of a graffiti background, but he's an extremely skilled contemporary artist and somebody wow. who, who really inspires me. But um, yeah, other people I like is, um, um, I want to say her name correctly, is Lubiana Himid. Himid, yes. Yeah. We just Lubaina, Lubaina. Lubaina Himid. Lubaina Himid. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, yeah. She's an incredibly inspirational um, person. She had a really, really good exhibition when I was at university in Bristol at, uh, oh, at Spike Island Gallery, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. was a load of cut-out um, standing right. figures that created a crowd, which for me was really really brilliant to see um because mm. i was making work relatively similar to that at the time and hadn't come across her before so it was just like boom wow this is yeah. happening for and she had before. names on the back of all the cutouts and they're kind mm-hmm. of um what yeah. their what their position would have been in the house because it was about slavery it was her yeah. that, that yeah. big piece and and what the personalities was of these slaves and she projected onto them and gave them uh, a narrative yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, no, that show was absolutely incredible, actually. And so her work is something that I continually sort of draw back to to looking at. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah, like the mixtures of, and also Rose Wiley, she did a really, really good. Yeah, totally. Um, really, really good talk when I was at university. I went along with my tutor to that. Oh, and it you? was just good to, to, I had a good chat with her, actually, to listen to somebody talk about how to approach making work and it was quite refreshing to hear somebody with a bit more of an unconventional approach to it who beginning who sort of gaining success in the later ages later stages of her life it was really refreshing to see and I've sort of felt quite uh I don't know I I just agreed with a lot of things that she was saying um at the time and still do yeah yeah she's Amazing. she's super super cool yeah and the other artist i love is Catherine bernhardt she's just really uh, that's who rob yeah, rob represents her they've cut the I, show's I just finished Catherine. at his gallery that's absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah she's somebody that i've been really really um keeping a close eye on since well since i first found out about her um i mean her work speaks for itself we don't really need to say anything about it, it's it's interesting though because there's incredible. a similar thing with you, you and her, where you both um, are interested in kind of speaking to a larger audience. I think because you've done a lot of collaborations mm. in the past with fashion designers and made clothes, and and I think that she does that as well. But also this idea with mm. the bottle with Bombay Bramble, I think I think that does sort of take your work to a different audience, and I think that inclusivity and that kind of openness, and it's a way to make art more accessible for people. I definitely think you are you are doing and it's a really strong thing to hold on to because it's rare i think oh i really appreciate that that's really really kind of you to say yeah. it's um quite fun to 
I mean, I always like the way that she sort of basically quite literally just ref- reflects things that she's interested in and what she sees and yeah. she puts it across in Popular her own culture. way. And that's, yeah, yeah and, that, and that's the way that I try and articulate my thoughts and put it out within my work too, is just sort of like unpack everything that's going on in my head and that's what comes out in a painting. And hopefully when people see my work, they usually get a bit more of a reflection and an understanding of what I'm like by seeing what I produce. Yeah. So what was yeah. the process like working with Bombay Bramble Gin for their label? Um, yeah, it was really good. Really, really good. It's quite refreshing to sort of approach things. I approached it how would any sort of any sort of project by just making loads and then refining it. But specifically I was sort of trying to gain influences just from the ingredients and trying to create a piece that was reflective of my style like in using lots of images from nature and sort of natural tones but also trying to keep it in line with the ingredients and with the sort of what what the bramble was all about so mm. it was quite fun and then the main part was hearing feedback from them to sort of realize where I was actually at with it because you know when you're making a load of work eventually you get to a point where you're like oh right is, am I on the right track? I've just done yeah. 50 berry-based paintings. Is this good? <laughs> but yeah it, yeah, it was it was really nice. It was refreshing. To I really like way. I like the fact that you play into the fluidity of the gin because there's also a fluidity in your painting. Mm. It's quite watery at times, and it kind of bleeds into other colours. You don't really have a some. I mean, sometimes you do, but yeah. the, most of your work is very uh, has this looseness to it and and this fluid feel. Yeah, I think it was something that fortunately lent itself to my style quite well anyway. So I was at the time working a lot, I'm still am working a lot using inks. So it's just a matter of like getting the palette that matched up with it and then basically trying to create something that seemed like it would flow, that seemed fluid, but was not too overloaded with it being about liquid. I didn't want it to be too literal, but mm. I'm glad that people sort of perceived that once I had a look back at it because like I say when you're making work I was just sort of a bit too involved and it's quite hard to remove yourself from it once you've been looking at it for so long yeah of course sure sure do you think Mm. you'll be heading down to Selfridges to see it on the actual shelves oh for sure yeah for sure I mean one (laughs) of the things that's exciting is to see how uh, I want to see somebody else with it I want to see somebody call me and be like did you do this um, yeah. which is also going to be really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to see it actually like going to be knowing that it's going to be in people's houses and people can be using it as a gift for each other. It's pretty good. I know I heard you can yeah. actually personalise someone's name on the bottle. Is there someone that you would do that for if you were going to give one to somebody? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say mum. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Oh, my That's, that would be my answer as well. Perfect Not your Christmas mum, my present. mum. But your mum as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would say mum and she'd love it. Oh, yeah, oh. it'd be nice. I mean, she, she keeps on calling me, asking me what I'm... you doing anything else? Are you doing, what, what are you working on? So I've not... I've told her that I'm doing this, but I'm sort of using it as a bit of a surprise. So when I can show her, she'll be like, what? You did this? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Was it a good boost to sort of get the opportunity to do this and for Russell to choose you as one of the artists? 
yeah, it's always it's always nice to feel like you're making new connections and being able to meet up with other people and to be recognised. Obviously, that's really like what we what we all what we all like. But it's been a really good boost because it just means that now I've got a wider, you know, I'm aware that I've got a bit more of a wider audience and people can understand my work a bit more. But it also means that I can have these connections and other things can come from that as well. So. It, the whole project yeah, process has been really nice because there's just been so many interesting people involved. So, yeah, it's really good. Oh, cool. Brilliant. Well, we ask every guest that we comes on two done. very important questions. The first one is, oh, yeah. if you could do an art heist, you could have any work of art in the world to yourself, legally, happily, what would it be and why? It's a good question, that. Uh, and I'm just thinking of really, like, boring conventional art pieces now that I probably wouldn't But you can think about the artists that you talked about. I mean, like these artists, Rose Wiley and Catherine Bernhardt. Or it could be anything. It could, mm. it could also just be like a building or an object. Or it, can be, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be an artwork. But it can be as big, as small as you like. Yeah. Well, probably just uh, nick a really nice painting. And have, it, have it in my house, <laughs> I guess. Probably Catherine Bernhardt. Um, yeah. I was going to say something like a Ferrari, but I can't drive. A yeah. Ferrari? Catherine yeah. Bernhardt might oh, even might, have painted uh, a Ferrari at some point. There you, there you go. Well, no, she, she actually she painted onto a car. We did a we did, did a show it? in Miami where she yeah she did a wow. full painting on the whole of the car and then they exhibited it in Miami to begin with at Art Basel and then it travelled oh to God. Los Angeles for Venus over Los Angeles the museum uh, sorry it the gallery amazing. so maybe maybe oh, we could combine it maybe I can get Catherine to paint on a Ferrari for you so you get to drive it around and it's a living artwork yeah get her to get her to pick <laughs> me up with it <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that would be very cool that would be pretty that would be pretty good. Um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna send her your your work and let her know that you're you're in a uh, you're a fan of her not a fan of hers but you, you you're well you know it, it like that would be you know I don't know what to say to that that'd be absolutely amazing because well I will I'm gonna do it right after this is, right is, after this is really really is really cool somebody else who's been um I've been really excited about the work is do you know the um artist called Ida Ekblad she's also like oh, yeah. yeah yeah of whose course. work just, I've got a painting by her. Like, yeah, like absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, Norwegian she, artist. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her, like, she's somebody who I, you know, look to for sort of not necessarily inspiration, but you know, like inspiration in terms of like her materiality, her use mm-hmm. of like that puff plastisol technique mm-hmm. is really, really, really nice to see. Um, and she has these alien characters like, that appear, and the way that sure, the colours. The colours for her uh, direct her what to paint, which I kind of feel like is in your work as well. You feel I feel like the colour mm. comes first, and that pushes you on to what the painting is. Yeah, it's usually that mixture of just like colour, texture, surface. If those the mixture and the balance of those things are right, you've got the perfect formula to know that your piece is just really going to pop. And then in terms of the content that she uses, it ranges from like abstract to figurative. But I feel yeah. like that's what's going on in everyone's head is that you're not just a one-track-minded sort of person. You have a mixture of things going on. So I quite like the variety of context within her work that I try and apply to mine or feel associated with in terms of like, okay, I'm not just an abstract painter or a figurative. I try oh. and sort of stick stick to that sort of method. 
Um, I think I think she's 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 really brave and she's never afraid to sort of push herself to somewhere new. I actually made a print with with Ida back in 2015 for Counter Editions and she was using the puff additive on that print. And at the time it Mm. felt really like unusual. And I was a bit like, what is this? Because it wasn't that familiar in her work then. Yeah, but it was that boldness Mm. and that braveness just to experiment. It's really cool. Absolutely. I feel like it's quite like like you say you know oh, oh dear is this gonna work is it's gonna just totally mess everything up or not but it's that willingness to experiment that usually comes out with a really nice new idea and that's something that I'm I've always sort of tried to integrate into my work is working with new materials helps you further understand like how your work can do its best basically you know if mm. you can do one painting for example I've did this painting on gold aluminium of this crocodile um i painted it on painted it using latex like mixing that acrylic with latex so it dries really embossed like really really raised like a the texture of like a trainer or something like that and it was really like a nice piece i loved it It one of my favorite ones and then i revisited the the exact image but i painted it using ink on on chinese silk and the difference between the difference of sort of atmospheres that both pieces created, although it was the same image, was really interesting. So that's another mm-hmm. thing that is quite fun to play with is just what you can get out of using a variety of materials. Mm. Mm. Totally. Awesome. Which is fun. The, the other question we ask every guest is a very okay. simple one, but an important one. Um, what is your favourite colour? Oh, great, great question. Um, I'd say like mint like a mint green you know when you get you have white and then you add a little bit of green you're just the right amount it's like you know when you cut open an avocado and it's just oh yeah the perfect colors are in the inside of there i always end up going for that or if ever i'm buying paint i'm like "Mm, what to go for and end up picking that but then that is best friends with bubblegum pink so you've got to have some bubblegum pink there too (laughs) that's really interesting because you charlotte and rose have all referenced pink as being a really important color for you guys pink's the pink's the one pink is the best color i think of the connotations around it as well is that it's just like it's sexy it's fun it's bright it's strong it's got connotations about gender about sexuality is the best color it's, it's the one it's really really nice yeah <laughs> Awesome. Amazing. Love well, Alfie, that you are sexy, fun, bright and strong. And we are oh, over so the moon. Are you, Russell. <laughs> oh, stop. And we're over the moon you. that you I love the way that I'm just left out of this. I'm clearly yeah, you're, I'm no, clearly no. the you're, kind of like no, you're, you're, I'm, you're, not, I'm the unsexy friend. No, you're fun. You're the inside of an avocado. <laughs> That's you, darling. <laughs> great. Don't worry. Okay, great. <laughs> Whenever really anyone cuts over an avocado, they're going to think of you now. I'm going to think of you now. <laughs> oh my god what's next for you Alfie what's going on um some really nice exciting stuff actually I've got um I'm working on putting a book out actually it's going to be coming out maybe hopefully by the end of the year and so it's a it's really really exciting actually I've been doing these silk paintings since about February and documenting them and finding new ways of documenting them but um I've also been working with or meaning to work with this bookstore in Leeds called The Village or Village Books, which is a really good um, like art bookstore. And so it sort of transpired that 
instead of having all these separate projects coming on coming together i put them all together so i'll let you know a bit more information about that but i've just got the test shot shots back from shooting the uh silks out and about which is really 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 looking good like really really excited about that so that's pretty much what i'm working on every day with a few very very helpful people that are making it happen um so yeah very excited about that the narrative will be like you know in brackets a day in the life of me but you'll never actually see me it's about me like carrying them around and then holding them up in different places and it'll be from shot from day to night. So as you read through the book, it will be transpired through like day, afternoon, and eventually the shots will be all documented at night. And I hope that explains it and makes sense. But if not, I'll send you the treatment over after this. Yeah, that and sounds beautiful. Who's sounds photographing it then? Can't wait to see that. Um, so again, that's what is really exciting and working with uh, videographer photographer called Fran P- Francis Plummer um well oh. I'm just basically working with all my own with my peers like we're all supporting each other to get something out of the project so he, he's like amazing photographer and also one of my best mates one of my friends Charlie who is sort of helping the pro he's like the glue to the whole project he's sorting the whole thing out making it all flow he's also helping shoot it but it's a group, it's me and Fran, Fran's shooting it, it's my artwork, Charlie's making it happen, Village is going to um, put the book out, and there'll be a show, but probably in the new year. That's amazing, that sounds really amazing. exciting, Alfie. Mm. Well, thank you yeah, so much, brilliant. it's been so cool thank to you, spend some time with you, yeah. and to learn more about yeah. your work. What's your yeah, Instagram, yeah. Alfie? Is it just at Alfie Kungu, K-U-N-G-U? It's Alfie.Kungu. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone should follow you and uh, get to yeah. know your work because you are definitely ripe for discovery. And it's been amazing working with you on this uh, project. I'm very proud, and you should be proud of what you've created. It's beautiful. No, I really appreciate what everybody's put in. And yeah, I've enjoyed the whole process and still enjoying it now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have a good rest of your evening. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Cheers, Alfie. You're fine. Thank you both. Thank you all so much. <laughs> Now we are on to our next artist. I'm excited. Uh, who has designed, well, yeah, won the labels for Bombay Bramble Gin. She is, has a studio and a home in Peckham in South London. And she grew up surrounded by antique objects because her dad was an antiques dealer. Uh, and this artist has a background in printmaking and is an incredible painter. And uh, we would like to welcome to Talk Art, Rose, Rose Electra, Electra Harris. Harris. Hello. <laughs> how are Hi, you? Rose, how are you? I'm really well, thanks. How are you guys? Really good. Yeah, really good. Are you in Peckham? Good. I am in Peckham. I'm in uh, sunny Peckham. Not sunny Peckham, no. Um, <laughs> dark, dark Peckham. Dark Peckham dark now. <laughs> yeah. have, have you been working today? Have you been in your studio? I have, yeah. I have. I'm absolutely loving my new studio. I've been there for about a month now and... Um, mm-hmm settling in nicely um it's just so nice to have like a proper base again i've seen it on instagram and you've got amazing windows there and you've got incredible space got... <laughs> yeah 
yeah, the windows are huge. Um, it's, I think it's bigger than my flat, um, for sure. And I've got a bed for my dog, which is ridiculous, but he's No, not there. ridiculous. Very important. And- <laughs> what kind of dog have you got? Um, he is a Labrador retriever called Jabba. He's Jabba. sitting here now with me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> is he? Is he quite a, a, a larger size dog like Jabba the Hutt, or am I thinking of another Jabba? No, he is named after Jabba the Hutt, but he is um, actually not. He's he's he was just when he was a puppy. He was very um, sluggish. so i i heard that you studied in in brighton university and i spent a lot of time there too and i think the art courses there are really brilliant and can you talk a bit about that part of your life because weren't you focusing on printmaking back then yes um so actually when i applied to brighton i applied to do painting because that's what i had done at school and even though I'd, I did lots of printmaking on my foundation course um, before, I kind of just assumed it was a thing I should be doing. And then I had my interview there. And during the interview, the, the, uh, the tutors were like, we think you should go up to the printmaking studio. Like, I think you're way, way better suited there. Um, and I went up and I actually immediately felt so much more like comfortable and um, and just it was beautiful. It's on the top floor overlooking the sea. Um, on the pavilion and it's got windows all the way on both sides and it's got like amazing facilities and it's quite small it's like one of the only courses I think in the country that does just three years of printmaking so yeah it's amazing I was just really excited to like learn a craft really um yeah and come out of it with that so do you feel like it's informed your paintings now yes um yeah hugely actually sort of in terms of layering up and like intricate detail and pattern, um, I think I sort of became obsessed with etching when I was at Brighton. Um, and I just, I loved, I'd use chine which is when you kind of layer Japanese papers onto the plate. Um, and so you get the sense of depth onto an etching. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of now, I use that in my, in my paintings now. Um, mm. Lots and lots of pattern, lots and lots of, overlapping of patterns and colors and the more the better really mm-hmm. and texture is really important to you because at one at some points in the paintings when you get up close you you cut into them with the end of a brush and you can see mark making yes yeah uh well that's i mean these are all so, these are all kind of new things that i've been trying because because i haven't done painting for a while um only in the last year or so i've got i've got really into it again um mm-hmm. So it's just it's a, such a fun way to balance the kind of the intensity of printmaking as a process, um, and it's quite controlled. And then you can go from that to doing. I work quite large scales. So I find it easier in terms of being loose and free, um, and the difference of how quick that is as a as a process and immediate. And you can kind of go. Things can go wrong, and it, it's far less controlled. And I just love the balance of the two processes. How do you bring something back when it goes wrong? And how? what is something wrong for you? <laughs> What's a mistake? Well, I think I think whenever I'm in my printmaking studio, everyone around me looks at me with, like, terror because I'm so not bothered by, <laughs> by things going wrong. So technically, I don't think I'm really, really um, amazing at it, but I like all those mistakes. But it's still mm. in a controlled way. And actually, often I think mistakes can kind of make something more interesting, especially in printmaking. Um, 
but with painting I just I'm not too I'm not too fast really I just add and add or cover things up and paint over them and it can give more depth the more layers you add and um I think it's not I think it's good not to be precious about it really and the ideas totally. behind the work, like obviously you, you often paint and create prints of interiors, kind of like you might think of like even Matisse scenes or, um, you know, that was like an obvious connection. I, I Patrick Caulfield or Hockney. Yes. But but what I liked was this idea of the dreams and dreamlike kream- kind of surreal um, interpretations of dom- domestic spaces. Well, they imagined, aren't they? They imagined interiors, a lot of them. Yeah, so... Um, all those artists are like heroes. Um, I reference them all the time. I mean, daily. Mm. And I, I love, I find new things about, I mean, especially Matisse. Like every time I look at his work, I see something new that's... Yeah, like, same. It's amazing. Um, but I think that feeling of, of the familiar, but then making it into something else. I think um, looking at looking at objects that we have around us the whole time and you can kind of just get so used to looking at and just not even notice anymore, but then giving them mm. a new a new kind of purpose or a new life, making them an extreme version of themselves or putting them in a in an interior or an environment that yeah. you'd imagine seeing somewhere else. Or you, I, don't, I don't know, I like the feeling of giving importance to the everyday. Um, yeah, the, the overlooked. You celebrate the beauty of the everyday. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Which I think is is kind of been built from my childhood or from my family. This kind of yeah, antiques must play a lot because importance of the home. Yeah, because you have these <laughs> motifs that appear like vases and chandeliers and freestanding baths. There's kind of a a, a like a historical uh, nostalgic feeling to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so some of these objects are real. Some of them I've either seen when I've been, I mean, it makes it look like I'm surrounded by so many beautiful objects. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, Some of the objects my dad has brought home and not, you know, we've lived with for a while when I was younger and other ones I've seen when I've been travelling or even I've just seen pictures of. Um, and I kind of start with one image and then I, I work my way out and create this interior that that I kind of would love to be in um and if not, i never really plan it i focus on one element and then kind of create a, a dream-like surrounding when bombay bramble gin approached you and said that they were uh, wanting you to design a label how did you think about that how did your work play into the opportunity to do that because in, in some ways a bottle is kind of one of your motifs as well yeah yeah exactly i mean a kind of I've been drawing a lot of bottles in the past um, mm-hmm. few months, so the kind of they're like really beautiful shaped different different bottles. I, I kind of collect these old vintage bottles of them. I've, I've used them in my work a lot, or have been recently. Um, and so, yeah, the kind of what the liquid came in was really important, but also the sense of the ingredients um, for me. I kind of looked at all the botanicals that were in the alcohol, and then. Uh-huh translated them into their colors and then thought of kind of an interior where or a space where you'd imagine drinking <laughs> a mm-hmm. cocktail or something nice mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> using the colors in that way so that was the that was the process and then I worked on multiples 
because I, that's how I work. I, if I work on one piece, I become um, obsessive and it's I yeah, prefer just having lots on at the same time and I can kind of move between them quite freely. And then I focus on, you know, three or four and go from there, really. Um, so that was my process for that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it, it, what you've created is something so joyful and, and vibrant. Are you really happy with how the labels ended up for you? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at looking at it now. <laughs> it, I think it works really well. I think the the pink pastel um, like fern that's something behind the the scene in the background. I love how it it goes around the the logo of Bombay Bramble um, uh-huh. at the top, and I think there's there's a nice enough nice amount of movement on the label but it's it's not too busy yeah totally totally awesome yeah and rob you're like you're like uh rose's work the earlier work she was working on a lot of ceramics and skateboards yeah i know yeah. which I, I i love all the ceramics do you, do you do you still want to make sculptures and ceramics and things like that yeah yeah so um my one of the most important exhibitions I've ever went to was the Grayson Perry at the British Museum, the Tomb of the Unknown Craftsman, yeah. and that was Amazing like mind blowing um, for me. I think I was on my foundation course at the time, mm. um, and I just love the idea of making. I think when I was younger, I was always more into making than actually like coloring in or drawing. Um, so I'd love to make kind of. I don't, what I'd really like to do is make the objects that are actually in my interiors and kind of create 3D versions and then have the paintings within them. So there's like a repetition of of imagery and the objects and then you see them as a physical thing and then also in, mm. a, in a picture behind or um, that's sort of where I'd like to go. Yeah, I think we, before we're talking about Betty, Betty Woodman is your hero. Yes, yes, yeah, she's... The, what, she, it's like it's like taking these painted pieces which still have a painterly feel but yet they are a sculptural object in the world yeah so her show at the um at the ica i think when i love the theater of the domestic yeah that's my favorite show ever <laughs> um it's incredible it's i know it was so it was so good it was like I the can... scale of it as well it was just amazing um yeah, I can see you making you... fabrics, tablecloths, and because there's there's a lot of like fabric patterns and and like plaid and like cross hatching in in your work that seems to feel like something that you could explore. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I again, I'd love to see that. Um, I think in a way, I could try that out with screen printing. Um, I just haven't sort of been yeah. ballsy enough to do it or found the time, um, but. I'd love to do that. I'd, I, yeah, making kind of the the work into a physical thing is would be so cool. So you're actually really looking cool. into it, into like an environment where these these actual images were. Yeah, like real. an installation. You walk into the painting. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Um, Did you ever look at the work of um, Georgia O'Keeffe, by the way? Because there's something when I see your paintings, like the way you put colours together, really reminded me of her for some reason. I know that hers are more oh. like flowers and kind of maybe outdoor spaces, but but there's still something about her that I felt like there was a connection. I that said show Jonas Wood. Is so amazing. Oh, and Jonas, yeah. Um, I love the work of Georgia O'Keeffe, but I I actually 
don't know enough about it. Um, mm. But Jonas Wood for me is, is also a huge, a huge inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. His exhibition, I think, at, was it the Gagosian, the Pops yeah. exhibition? Yeah. Which yeah. were those like enormous pots and then he had sort of Matisse, the Red Studio in one of them. And um, yeah. yeah, he's he's so cool. Like, well, we talked about that today because I said work. about Shio Kosaka, who's his partner, who makes uh, ceramics, and they always appear in his work as well as the work of Magdalena Suarez Frimkes. And I wrote them down the bit of paper. Yes, Have you looked them up yet? <laughs> I actually, <laughs> um, I do remember. I've got a recommendation as well. There's an artist called Anne Craven who paints birds a lot. Oh, and I think yes. you might really like her bird paintings because, again, the use of colour, it's a bit like what I was talking about with Georgia O'Keeffe. There's something about, she often repeats the bird over and over again, but each painting's really like an exploration in colour and form in a way. Like, well, I don't know. I think very emotionally. Like well. They're about emotions, her work. Everyone, yeah, even though they amazing. come, these birds, they all carry this sort of interior that is. Um, uh, emotional that people don't see on the surface. Oh my god, that sounds great! Mm. Um, definitely. Are you going to be able up. to get to Selfridges in November and see your bottles on display? I hope so. I mean, I hope, yeah, I, 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 I hope so. Um, who knows what's going to happen? But I'm very excited mm. about going there and Me being too. being very popular with all my mates. <laughs> <laughs> and us and they all think you're really and you <laughs> they all think you're like super cool now that you're doing like this I know um, I'm going to be so popular <laughs> um no well, um, hopefully you can um have a drink with your friends actually responsibly of course but um yeah I'll just the really yeah. doesn't continue I'll really uh what's the word you know Celebrate one at a time. One at a time. I'll, oh, I'll be yes, there for yes. ages. Yeah. <laughs> I'll live exactly. there for a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Um, well, we ask every guest that comes on two very important questions, Rose. And you're a talk up fan. I think you told me, so you should know these answers by now, right? Um, I've I've been preparing. I've been okay. trying to decide on something. Okay. <laughs> If, if you could do an art heist, an imaginary art heist, you could have any work of art in the world to yourself, what would it be and why? So I've, I found this one really, um, really tricky. And I don't know if I'm allowed to like go into a decision making of this. Do, um, do, do. <laughs> but, but it would be, be between a Matisse and a Betty Woodman, depending on where I lived, because you couldn't just have a Betty Woodman. I mean, you couldn't really have either in just an ordinary old... So it depends where I lived. Um, <laughs> so you need a house as well, basically. Have... You, you need the house, two houses of the works. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Um, I think either I love um, I love Matisse's Egyptian curtain, um, all right. which is sort of actually quite dark. I mean, I love all Matisse's actually. To be honest, like, that's that's. But what's the Egyptian curtain? What's what's that like? It's just got this quite like heavy like dark pattern of a curtain which is actually quite unlike him but for some reason I always think about that that one just because it's quite it's really it's almost quite unusual in a way for him but actually I I think I take that back because there are too many to choose from and then any Betty Woodman the big the big um paintings with ceramics um in front of them if I had the space I'd love that (laughs) genius is that an okay Genius. answer? <laughs> it's the best answer. It's have perfect, you ever seen yeah. the Matisse's curtain anywhere? Is it something you would have seen in the flesh or just in a book? I can't remember if it might have been in that exhibition um, of the 
the Russian art dealer, art collector um, Shashukin, which was in Paris a few years ago, which I went to with my dad. Right. Um, and it was amazing. It was an amazing exhibition. So it might have been there. <laughs> the, the other question we ask every guest is, what is your favourite colour? Um, again, a really hard question. And actually, I was listening to some of your artists' answers, um, the people, past people you've had on the, the show. And I think I'd have to say, like, a really deep pink. Um, oh, really? Again, why, why that? I, I use pink in every, every one of my works, I've noticed. Um, over time oh right and I just I just always go towards it um I never want my works to be too focused around pink but there's always some pink somewhere so I think it would be like a really deep like magentary color of pink I'm actually looking at uh the Hockney print Amaryllis in a vase now and the background of that is a really deep pink <laughs> Which is Isn't really interesting you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and also our um, talk art book, the front cover is magenta pink. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, We're all pink fans. I'm really excited. And the pop star pink, how do you feel about her? Do you like her? I mean, let's get this party started. Yeah, that was, that exactly. That was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. What was it? What was it like for you working on this um this project with Bombay? Like, because you obviously had to make the work, which you spoke about earlier. But then actually getting it onto the label of the bottle was that like a fun process working with graphic designers and kind of collaborating with them? Yeah. So um, I actually mentioned this with um, with you, Russell, the other day. But I think when I was making it, I was trying not to think too much about that because I knew that. I referenced the project of the skateboards because of the shape of the skateboard and the shape of the label. Cause I thought, Oh, I need to kind of get my head into that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started actually making the work, I didn't want to think about it too much. So I didn't want it to sway the composition. Um, right. and then when I finished, I just, I just knew that they wanted it to be quite central. So it had a bit of everything. Um, so you could get a sense that there was a big kind of vase, coming from the side but you still had the perspective of something going behind it um Mm -hmm. but again I think I was quite relaxed about about that I was it was just I was so happy with the final work that I was happy for the the label to be um so I'm doing lots of hand motions which I know you can't see um (laughs) yeah I (laughs) we can we can hear them if you do it really quickly <laughs> I, I, I just think it's really cool the way that you can make something and then suddenly it's like got a new, you know, it's going to reach thousands of bottles. You know what I mean? Like thousands of people are going to see it. So it's kind of like a really unusual proposition. For, it's almost like an exhibition, but it sort of travels through through the object. It's super cool. It's so cool. And actually, I don't think I've quite processed that. Um, I think it's... I haven't ever done anything like this so it kind of feels a bit unreal when, unless I haven't sat down and properly kind of thought about that <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm sure I will and I'm definitely really excited but yeah if I think too much about it it makes me go a bit weird maybe when you get to Selfridges it'll sort of feel a bit more real because you'll probably see loads of the bottles there and yeah. the other two artists so it'll be really Amazing. cool and also don't really forget that, that it's going to help raise money for charity so that's a really cool thing too oh, it's, yeah, I a love new generation whole, of artists 
<laughs> What's next um, for Rose, Electra Harris? Oh, I, I mean, I'm just actually really enjoying making work at the moment in this new space. It's, I haven't had a proper studio space for a while, so um, I think I just want to enjoy that, make the most of it, and mm-hmm. and experiment. I haven't really got anything um, lined up other than just having time to myself, which is a really nice thing and kind of luxurious thing to have. Totally. Um, so that's <laughs> not the most exciting answer. <laughs> um. No, it's great. You're exploring <laughs> and you're, you're, you're pushing yourself and you're creating and that's amazing. That's why you are ripe for discovery. That's why uh, Bombay Bramble Gin has uh, got involved with you and why, we, why I chose you out of the artist. I just think you're... Uh, brilliant and I think people are going to fall in love with you and I think you should feel really proud of what you've made and continue to make oh thank you oh it's um I can't tell you how exciting it is being on this podcast um oh <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> it's so nice really, to really have you on. awesome oh it's so great listening to listening to all of them and actually being on one is just crazy <laughs> oh good well, there's a whole list of crazies awesome. things going on that's great <laughs> thank thank you you Rose we'll link your Instagram to ours and then everyone listening can see images of Rose Electra Harris's work which is at Rose Electra Harris right yes exactly and for people listening the Electra the Electra is it sounds like sci-fi something from Starlight Express where does the Electra come from the Electra my um, my dad always wanted me to be called it he wanted it to be Electra Rose Harris and my mum mm-hmm. thought that would be too much. Um, <laughs> and obviously my mum won because, <laughs> uh, because, but... Mum's rule, I yeah. think he just, mum's rule, yeah. Um, I don't know, I think he just loved the name. Um, it was also that actually, amazing I play, love, wasn't I it? The name. Morning Becomes Electra, you're thinking of, aren't you, Helen Mirren? No, no I'm thinking um, of Electra, <laughs> the so- Sophocles play which I saw yes. Zoe Wanamaker but, perform in at the Donmar Warehouse in the late 90s, and she was extraordinarily good. Um, really? Is it Sophocles? That's how you say it, isn't it? Sophocles. Yes, yeah. it is. I think, I think Electra um, kills her mother, doesn't she? Which is... Oh, oh my maybe. God. Which maybe isn't I know. so positive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my mum my actually... My mum was like, no, that's not the first name. Absolutely not. It's an omen. No. Yeah. She actually, she, she loves bringing that up. I don't know why. It's very- <laughs> <laughs> She's terrified of you. That's why, Rose. She's terrified. This is all the psychology. I used to be, like, <laughs> I used to be a real nightmare when I was a child. So she used to call me the electric baby. <laughs> I was really sorry, <laughs> Which I can't believe I've just said that. <laughs> but yeah. I love that. And we thank love you. you. Thank so you so much, much for coming on, Rose. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, hopefully see you very soon. Of course, yeah. Congrats. Yes. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening.